This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. The reason I'm back to being more confident about Skynet taking over is that the algorithm just gets better and better. Um, 35% is my estimate of the content I see on TikTok now that is just Tony Yayo being loyal to 50 Cent. (laughs) He just goes around to different podcasts to be like, "Mm, I'm super loyal to 50 Cent. Here's another story of a time when 50 Cent, you know, maybe look after some cash and a lot of people would have stolen that cash. And I was like, "Mm, no way. I love 50 Cent too much. And 50 is a great guy. I'm like, oh, algorithm, just do it again. So if the Terminator scenario, the Skynet scenario, what we're referring to, the kind of robo apocalypse is going to happen. I remember I've previously said, no, 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 no way. We can't even do self, self-driving cars yet. Those robots at like Boston Dynamics or whatever that occasionally get shared around look shit and can't even walk upstairs. And if you can't walk upstairs, you're not going to be able to like shoot a gun or any of that stuff that's, you know, you're going to have to do to take over the world. So I was fairly confident until just Tony Yayo's loyalty to 50 Cent increased my loyalty to Skynet, Jack. It's good. Well, here's the thing, right? Mm. Progress, technological progress, but all progress is never linear and it's never easily Mm. predictable. So it's very possible Mm. that TikTok might get banned in the US or might be forced to fragment or, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, right? Like, there's a really interesting case happening right now. Do you have any I insight on that? I going to happen and it's fucking nothing. The congressional inquiry is like, no, nah, TikTok's got some information, doesn't it? And the CEO's like, oh, yeah, we've got a bit. It's like, mm, a bit of information, hey? Mm, I'm making notes of this. That like, you know, the bit, like the most meme-friendly one was like, so does TikTok like log like some some word I would use that was really like vague of like does it log on to your home Wi-Fi <laughs> network? And it's like and the guy's like, so I don't quite know what you mean. It's like it logs on to your to your home Wi-Fi, doesn't it? It's like, oh well if you I guess if you use the app yeah on your home Wi-Fi, it's like, oh, so it takes data from American homeowners' home Wi-Fi and puts it on TikTok. Is that right? And it's just all these like false gotchas. It reminded me of what I think very junior lawyers think cross-examination is like. I'm like, aha, you agreed to something I said, therefore I win. And it's like, no, that's not actually that. So my firm prediction for all this TikTok stuff is essentially nothing's going to happen. And the Republicans might have shored up their base a little bit more than was previously. Gun violence aside, and yeah, let's not get too serious, but fucking Republicans, you suck. We're an American podcast now, essentially, aren't we? Fuck you, Republicans, eat shit. Margin, fuck you, marginally less Democrats. So, you know, you guys, I guess. But, um, yeah, let's do it. TikTok will say the same. That's my prediction. I mean, I mean, that's a bit of a bummer because Spooko just has never really been able to take hold on TikTok. <laughs> we've got our... Yeah, we, we've tried. It's weird, it. right? But we've got our little foothold in Meta via Instagram. Yes. Big ups to everyone who follows us. And yes. uh, especially big ups 
to everyone who responded to my call recently for friendship homework. Ah, uh, yes. We have our 200th episode looming and it's weird because like back in the sort of like 50 60 episode days mm. in my mind as the producer of the show i was putting in scary sounds to be like this is building to something and then we'll disappear and that'll be the end of spooko and yet here we are like so many so many months so many years later i'm pleased you gave voice to that idea because it's a great idea you know like imagine if this was our final episode and then we just wrote something for someone else to voice of like Hey, back in the years, you know, 2019 through to 2023, there were these podcast hosts of this podcast called Spooko. I'm from about early April 2023. No one saw or heard of them again. So we've interviewed some people in their lives and asked them a few questions about what they think might have happened. That's a fucking great way to sign out of a podcast. It was going to be great. Uh, going to mm. get, you know, Alison Adele to be guests talking about, yes. you know, all the weird shit that we've been doing at home. But this Pod was too fun. We might still do that as well. <laughs> like, this, is, this might be a part of it. And <laughs> saying we're going to do it is going to make it extra scary when oh, we actually yeah. do it. But, 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 all of that aside, all of that mm. aside, with, you know, the 200th episode looming, mm. I wanted to make sure I wasn't just flopping about in film choice. And I know how much friendship homework we often get. And I don't mm. take, like, I try to take note of it, but I have so many different scattered, mm. you know, notes in my notes app. So I put mm. this call out for friendship homework. I'm like, what are the films you want us to cover before episode 200? Mm. And I got so many suggestions. So, Peach, for the next couple of weeks, I want us to be in our friendship homework era. I am going oh. to be looking at films, either films we've just missed and should have done yes. or films mm. I never heard of and mm. was like, I'm going to watch this, watched it, loved it, want to share it with you. Well, uh, look, I'm, I'm in broad agreement, right? I, like, I don't want to get too nitpicky, but a lot of people DM'd me. A lot of people were like, <laughs> Coffee and the Case some films just like, and I'm like, look, I, like, that's cool. But, <laughs> and so I found myself a number of times being like, hey, thanks for the support. Like, no, like I can go message Shag or the Spooko account. Can we talk about, like, if you mm. message Spooko, mm. you're going to get two types of responses depending on who's manning the account uh, yeah. that day you're going to get yeah. a very diplomatic peach one that's like thanks so much for listening love ya yeah i'm weird in writing aren't i i'm like really appreciate the <laughs> generous support <laughs> or you're going to get me who actually reads the message and engages deeply with oh, it fuck so- off, I, <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes do an audio one to be like and then people are like oh it's your voice that's for like I like, hey, I'm in, I'm in our DMs. I'm the second most valuable person in our DMs. P.S., can I ask, before we reveal mm. today's film, was that mm. good cross-examination, how I sort of lulled you into a false sense of security and then just <laughs> surprised you, you with the gotcha? the gates, Shag. I think it might have been. Closing the gates is always it. It's like, your name's Tom, right? <laughs> or is it Thomas? Oh, interesting. <laughs> Let's make a note of that. <laughs> Like, <laughs> All right. Well, to close the gate on this intro, yes. big shout out to, I mean, shout out to everyone so far, but first up, mm. shout out to Francesca, who had a number of suggestions, mm. but one of the films she named, I was like, hang on, have we not done that? And then I went back through and I'm like, no, we never did. So today, Pitch, and it's a film you talk about all the time, right? Like, and it's a Can film- I guess like, it? Pete, do you want to guess it? Because this is a film you're always like, this is the film we're doing today. And we've somehow never done it. Fuck, I've forgotten the name of the 1977 Italian film that we did the remake of. No. no Suspiria, are you thinking? Suspiria, no. yes, I'm thinking of Suspiria. No. Uh, it's not Italian either, it's German. Yeah, fucking shut up, Peach. No, Italian director, uh, okay. set in Germany. Confusing. 
It's it. We did it, didn't we? Fucking what do I always talk about? We haven't done the original it, but it's not that. Am I going to get it? Evil Dead? Can I give you a clue? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Buffy. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Specifically yep. the creators of Buffy. Yep, yep, yep. Joel, Joel yep, the, the, the guy who was awful to his wife but, like, yeah. claimed to be, like, a false flag feminist. Yes, yes, yes. I've forgotten his name. Dun, 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 dun. Combine that with Thor and you'll, you'll <gasps> oh, have today's house movie. House on the Hill. House on the Haunted Hill <laughs> house. Yes. Okay, let's you know what's, get You know it. what's funny? You know what's funny? It's actually... It's it's intentional that it has such a nondescript name. So today, Peach, thanks to Francesca for yes. letting us know that we needed to do it. Today, Peach, we are finally getting to Cabin in the Woods. Let's fucking go. I'm having a good time. Spooko is a good podcast, Jack. <laughs> it's a really good podcast. <laughs> it's one of the better ones. My favourite non, non-cricket podcast, I think. Time says closed. We're looking for, uh, what's it called? Tillerman Road. To get you there, getting back. That's your concern. This is awesome. The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Seriously, believe something weird is going on. What is that thing? We have to stay together. This isn't right. Maybe we should split up. Yeah, good idea. Really? We gotta get out of here. Yeah, look, it's like even just conceptually... To be like, hey, Scream picking apart the genre was good fun. Let's pick apart the genre again. I think that's, I just think that's fun and interesting. Like, mostly meta stuff is sucks. I think you and I would agree. Yeah. Meta is lazy and boring. And I think if you're going to try it, you've got to fully commit to it and really execute it rather than be like, wink, wink, I'm the, you know, I'm <laughs> saying let's separate in the horror film. Like, you kind of throw in one joke to be like, I know it's a cliche, I know it's a trope. Like, again, I'm not here to defend Joss Whedon. Uh, he can go and eat shit for reasons I can't quite remember, but I remember we don't like Joss Whedon. I can't remember why. Uh, so I'm very content for him to eat he, shit without he, doing yeah, any he, more research. Yeah, like long story short, I think he preyed on. He he was a shit guy to work with, yeah. and then I think he also preyed on some female staffers. He has this apology where it's it's sort of held up as oh. the right kind of apology, you know, in the Me Too era where he actually takes full accountability, explains everything. It goes into proper depth about what he did, accepting what he did, understanding what he did, reaching out to the person, like. It's, it's, it's pretty good. I, I, I don't, I don't, again, I, I don't know where we stand on him, but it's, this work 
is the work of many people and not just him. And in fact, he didn't even direct it. He just co-wrote it. Yeah, okay. Well, that's complex. It's more complex for me to be able to <laughs> process it. It's tough for the hot take page to have a take on that. Uh, I was undefeated there for a while. Um, but yeah, look, look yeah, sometimes something complex will get me. But, but what you said is so right, mm. right? Like meta, if meta is the point, it's lazy mm. and boring. Like yes. meta as a story construct is building your house on matchsticks. Like it's yes. meaningless. Like, And in fact, it's even more meaningless than just using genre staples. But like your Scream example, if you use meta as a vehicle to tell a new kind of horror story or at least create a new kind of horror villain, that's where it becomes interesting. Obviously in Scream, it's killers who are obsessed with horror movies, which I think is, mm. which remains incredibly clever. And that's like first, first wave horror. Like the slasher films only existed for like 15 years, 20 yeah. years at the time yeah. Scream is made. Yeah, 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 and yeah. And so this is like post, post, post-structural, I guess you'd say. It's more post, rather than post-modern, post-structural horror now because we've gone through our remake era, we've gone through our Japanese, our J-horror era, we've gone through our gore era, and so we're now post-structural. Like, everything that's going to be done has been done by the time Joss Whedon and the person who he made the film with got to writing this. So, yeah, so as, mm. you know, as Spooko still stands, meta sucks, but yep. as a vehicle, it's totally viable in a film yep. like this. All right, yep. so... This is Cabin in the Woods. Am I going to enjoy this? Like, am I going to applaud this film? I think so. I was actually watching this and being like, you should watch this. And this, in fact, I think this is a film, after we talk about it, just Mm. so you know what happens, so you're ready for everything, you Mm. should 100% watch this film because it's very well made, it's very entertaining, and it's, look, it's not perfect. Like, I I think now in, in 2023, people are starting to talk about the adverse effect Joss Whedon's work has had on, like, millennial culture and you know this is very much a millennial film in that it's super clever but it's not like it's very conceptual and clever but it'd be hard like i can't imagine this being anyone having an emotional connection with this yes no that makes sense yes because everything's like oh like can you believe we're doing the thing we're doing the thing don't do the thing like it's it's yeah it's xander and willow's love story yeah i follow basically right Mm. so anyway anyway okay so this is Cabin in the Woods from 2012, probably one of our most requested films, to be honest. And I, I know you've talked about this so many. Like, I can't cite the episodes, but you've you've mentioned this film many times. You shouldn't have to. I think someone else can fucking cite them. I'm like, I'm relaxed about that. Okay, okay. But, mm. all right. So, one of my favourite horror movie flexes, mm. you know, is the fact that this is a genre that relies on building to a big crescendo mm. where you're either left in a proper feel-bad club state or you're grossed out, or the rug's pulled from under you, whatever, right? Yes. And my favourite horror movie flex is when the film essentially reveals the ending at the start just enough to be like, you're not going to get this, and this is still going to have a massive effect of you by the end. And they do this here. I fucking love that. It doesn't start with a group of teenagers going to a cabin. It starts in, like, a giant facility, some sort of underground facility We've seen this facility many times in pretty much every James Bond. Yes. And we begin with two engineers, Gary Citizen and Stephen Hadley. Now, I want you to look up these two actors because it's played by these two actors. And as soon as you see these actors and their faces, you'll be like, oh, these scenes with them would be fun, enjoyable, a little bit ironic. Uh, Richard Jenkins, first of all. Gary, Gary Citizen. Oh, no, sorry, Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. Look up Richard Jenkins. 
Yes, he's fun. Yeah, I'm about and, it. And then look up Bradley Whitford, W-H-I-T-F-O-R-D. Oh, yes. Right? It's like the villain in Ghost or whatever. Like, it's like the classic slimy bad guy. I'm like, oh, I'm just a slimy bad guy, you guys. So, get yes, those two. I'm having fun already. Casting is an art. Sorry, I shouldn't interrupt. But it's true, right? Get mm. those two in, you know, short-sleeved, white button-ups with ties, pens in the pockets. Magic. In this facility, sort of talking about how it's not quite a government facility, but there's some big ritual coming and also being like, but... After the ritual, do you want to come around to my house on the on Monday sort of thing, right? Like oh, to watch the game and have some beers or yeah, whatever. Right? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, nice. But they also mentioned that a similar ritual in Stockholm has failed, but that doesn't matter because there's lots of other places, but there's a little bit of pressure on them to make sure the ritual succeeds. Anyway, from there, we then cut to the beginning of pretty much every horror movie. Yes. There's a bunch of college students about to go on a road trip to a cabin in the woods we've got and it's really important as well because there's a reason why these characters are kind of archetypes right so there's Kristen Connolly who's your final girl she's like it, it seems gross to say but they call this out multiple times she's the virgin character nice there's Chris Hemsworth who's she the doesn't do drugs character. and she doesn't have sex in the film That's yeah the and she world. like loves science like they're going yeah, nice. on you know they're going on a beer drinking trip to a cabin in the woods and she wants to bring her science books she's like well if I get bored I'm gonna read my science book nice <laughs> there's Chris Hemsworth who's the jock although it's kind of revealed that he also understands the books and he's like these books suck in fact you should read this author who our lecturer hasn't actually fucking plagiarized before. It's great. There's Marty, who's like the stoner, who thinks... And this is 2012, right? So this is when people are starting to realize that data is getting more, uh, like, efficient for brands Mm. to use, and people are starting to realize that brands are tracking them. I don't Mm. know if social media has hit in 2012. Oh, but no, 2012's peak era Facebook. 2012's when you most enjoyed Facebook. Okay, well, there you go. Mm. Um, There's Jesse Williams, who's kind of like the wild card... And then there's Anna Hutchinson, who's like the cheerleader sort of character, right? She'll be having sex and dying, is my presumption. So they decide to go to Kurt, uh, Chris Hemsworth, the jock's cousin's cabin in the forest. Mm. On their way, they stop at your like typical rundown petrol station where the owner's really creepy and warns them not to go to this cabin. It used to have heaps of owners and it's really scary. And again, their choice to decide to go there is really important. So they decide to go there anyway. As they're going there, there's this really awesome shot where the van they're in goes into a tunnel and above this eagle that's flying. Goes bang into the edge of the dome. Into the edge of this like invisible dome, right? Nice. So, and so a rigid Jonkins and Blonky Blenkins sitting there ticking their like uh, ticking their little spreadsheet to be like, oh yep, cool, cool, all right, they've gone in, kind of thing. Yeah, we know, and I'm going to jump back into Wikipedia here. So from okay. the lab, Citizen and Hadley, who are our two, nice. are remotely watching and controlling the cabin and manipulating the students to be the archetypes they are. So for our cheerleader, they've somehow put in like brain-suppressing drugs into her hair dye. And they're like, ah, oh, I see what you did there, the dumb blonde, eh? And they're like, no, oh, we're not subtle. Like, So the, the, the meta-ness is so apparent, but you're kind of like, but hang on, what's this meta-ness for? Like, it's, yeah. it's, they do a good job of being like, these people are being watched, they're being forced into these archetypes, but why? And yes. even like, you know, Kurt's character, they're basically like, 
Kurt is, I think there's a line where he's like, he's a sociology major. Like, why is he acting like a football jock? I don't get it. Like, the whole thing is really weird. Anyway, so, as I said before, from the lab, Citizen and Hadley are remotely watching. And it's like ground control at NASA. It's not just them. Like, there's hundreds of people watching them through numerous cameras that are hidden in the cabin and around the cabin. Mm. It's no insight for me to say I'm getting Truman Show. Like, like that's exactly what it is. is Basically, right? Yeah, Um, Yeah, it's exactly that. And, and and I think that's the thing where it's like, I hate concepts like this where everyone's like, it's so clever. And it's like, it's the Truman Show meets Scream. Like, it's it's not like it's great and it's clever. But if you're relying just on cleverness, well, it's like, well, no, it's just a bunch of other ideas stitched together with the weird dialogue. I think anything dialogue. can be dismissed as that, right? Like, I mean, we mm. keep coming back to, if we keep coming back to stuff, we keep coming back to Roland Barthes' 1968 essay, The Death of the Author. Like, we, t- we talked about post-structuralism earlier, like. But but this is my point, right? Mm. This is this is this is the criticism of millennial culture, where it's like a lot of it is like how clever is it, and it's like well, nothing's really that clever. And what I'm loving about AI more than anything, it's like oh wow, no one's special. <laughs> like all these things, you're like I can do this. It's like yeah, hey, well, it could be. And and I guess it's that thing where it's like if you take cleverness out of the equation and make it about the human impact, make it about mm. being human and making a connection with people, mm. that's how art should be judged. And mm. yeah, anyway, look, it's that's a side note. Let's keep going. I'm about it though. Fuck, this is the best podcast ever. <laughs> We've even done some sociology within this. <laughs> it's yeah. a really clever podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never be replaced. Yeah, we, sh- we should absolutely definitely do a chat GPT episode at one point just to prove that we will absolutely be replaced. We should probably get chat GPT to do a first pass on um, charcuterie, actually, that we then edit. Well, I mean, it's now sophisticated enough to do that. But yeah. anyway, let's... Uh, okay, so, all right. So, they're remotely watching them, but they're also manipulating them by intoxicating them with mind-altering drugs that have effects such as hindering rational thinking and increasing libido, which are a little bit like... Deus Ex mind-altering yeah. drugs. I don't know if these exist. And, yeah, like, it's, and bit- it's, also, it's a bit of a cop-out to be like, we created a drug that made the characters do exactly what the story needs them to do. It's like a comic book. It's like, no, this is exactly how this works. <laughs> All right, okay. The lab departments take bets on what kind of monster will attack the students and discuss the failures of international operations. So slowly we start to realise, okay, well, hang on. There, there are operations like this all around the world, but this year they're mm. all kind of failing. And the tension is sort of rising, even though you kind of don't really know what's happening. The mm. tension is rising within the control room as the tension is rising separately within the cabin in the nice. woods. The, the hope, hopefully this is the one. Hopefully this works. Yeah. Okay. Now, in the cabin cellar, the group finds bizarre objects, including the diary of- So, so they all find all these different weird horror movie objects, right? Yeah, nice. But our hero, who is, if I remind myself, God, there's so many names. So Dana is our hero, right? Mm. She's our virgin character. She discovers the diary of Patience Buckner, a cabin resident abused by her sadistic hillbilly family. Dana recites incantations from the diary and inadvertently summons the zombified Buckner family, which then goes to the lab who are then paying out the bets. Uh, yeah, it was zombies sucked in. No well, no, someone's here. like, well, oh, I no. called zombies. And it's like, no, you called zombies, whereas somebody else called zombified redneck family. Uh, Huge nice. difference. You didn't win. Like, they make it very clear, right? Yeah, nice. And then when you see on the board, there's like werewolves, sexy witches, all sorts of things, right? It's yeah, it's nice. 
Like, and, but it's still really interesting, right? Because it's like, what the fuck is going on? What is happening? Why is this happening? This is what Meta's for. Like, the, like this is this is very impressive conceptually. It's just, it is a super clever use of Meta. Mm. That GPT will be able to battle within like months. Yeah, can't wait. So, anyways, yeah, it'll be like create a Meta horoscope, <laughs> and it'll be like, it'll be like ah, oh, someone's typing into an AI chatbot and trying to create a Meta horoscope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 All right. So, while Kurt and uh, I'm just going to use the archetypes, right? I'm not going to remember yeah. the names, and it makes it easier. No, so, I'm not either. right, while Jock character and uh, cheerleader character are like doing like a sexy run through the forest to be like, you know, let's have sex, mm. and then uh, because their you know their dumbness and rational thinking have been played, played with by drugs yeah, yeah yeah have been played with by drugs yeah the cheerleaders like no i think i want to go back inside so they release pheromones into the atmosphere and then they start to have sex but then they're attacked by the zombies and jules the cheerleader is held up and decapitated and the zombies have this really cool weapon where they have like a bear trap on a chain Oh, sick. So it's like swinging around a bed, which is like a fucking cool horror weapon, yeah. right? And they do look proper scary. They've got like matted, sticky long hair over their faces. They're all covered in mud. They're scary, spooky, semi- like they're not like shuffling zombies, but they're also not- ru- they, they sort of walk fast after you. They're T-1000 zombies. Oof. Yeah, okay, I get it. So, so Chile is decapitated in front of Kurt, the- yes. um. Our, our, fo- our jock, but he escapes. Back at the cabin, Marty, who's our stoner, discovers concealed surveillance equipment in his room, and he's like, fuck, I was right, we're puppets, but then he's like, I think I must be on a reality show. From the control room, they're like, fuck, they've discovered the cameras, but then they're like, no, 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 wait, our zombies are going to come and kill him. So he's, like, grabbed through the window by a zombie who stabs him in the back, and he's presumably killed. Mm. Just putting that out there. Yeah, okay. So our jock, our uh, our sort of wild card, and Dana, who is our uh, who has our virgin, attempt to escape in their RV. But there's a landslide triggered in the cave that they used to come in, so they have to turn around and go back. There's a, they're basically they're basically stuck on like a mountain, but there's a ravine that our jock attempts to jump in his motorbike, and as he gets halfway across, he hits the invisible wall. Nice, and then. Slides into the darkness pre- again, presumably, presumably dead. Nice. So Holden and Dana, who are our wild card and our virgin respectively, re- realize that their experience is staged and controlled. As they try to escape in the RV, Holden is killed by a zombie who was sort of uh, hiding in there, and Dana is attacked once the RV crashes into the lake. Now she makes her way to the top where she's being ravaged. Well, well, she's being threatened by these uh, zombie hillbillies. Mm. But the lab employees, meanwhile, see that Dana is the only survivor, start celebrating the success of the right. Because as they explain, as they explain, right? Like, they all had to be killed in this circumstance, although whether the virgin is killed or not is not important. She just has to be last. Yes. So, because even though it looks like she might be killed, it's okay that she's not. So the ritual is going to be okay. Because of our presumption, the others are dead. We, we, we've, we've made that presumption. Right. Yeah. So they're having a party in this underground bunker. People have cracked out the beers. Somebody's playing music when there's a red old school phone on the wall that starts ringing. And our two watchers are basically like, turn the fucking music off, go to the phone. And they're like, that means the director is calling. 
And the director that's, calls. That's basically my nightmare is something urgent happens for work and I'm faded and I'm like, uh. <laughs> 50 Cent said this is why you don't drink. Oh, my God, this is 50's <laughs> advice. <laughs> if you're ever running a, like, ritualistic government slash corporate thing. Yeah. <laughs> make sure. Right? <laughs> okay, all right. So they're interrupted by a phone call from the director revealing that Marty, our stoner, is still alive. Marty saves Dana and he does a bit where he saves her by using, he brought, he brings like a giant bong. And again, like it's very, like they're just playing into the characters with yeah, him nice. having a massive bong. He, he takes her to the grave where these zombies came from. And she's like, why the fuck are you taking me to the grave? And he's like, it's not a grave. It's an elevator. Nice. So they go down the elevator and they make themselves into a lab where they discover a large collection of different monsters locked in cages. So there's kind of a Cenobite-y sort of thing. There's a werewolf. There's a scary girl with, like, no face and just, like, rows of teeth. There's an evil ghost. And they're all a bit like, what the fuck is going on? Dana correlates them with the objects in the cabin cellar. Oh, okay. This is the ghost that comes out of the doll. Yeah, and realizes the, that yeah, okay. they were essentially choosing the way they were going to die without knowing, right? And so because she chose the diary with this girl who got abused by a family, that triggered the, yeah. the zombie hillbillies to come back to life. Cornered by security personnel, the pair released... So, oh, my God. Okay, so at this point, the, 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 they're like, hey, we can't interfere. They have to be killed by the circumstance. And they're like, screw precedent. These two have to die, but he has to die first. She can't die. We have to kill them. So then in this facility that's like, you know, a high-tech government or, you know, underground facility or whatever, the SWAT team's called out. They get cornered in this office where this SWAT team of like, you know, maybe 15 heavily armed guards with the full do and, you know, semi-automatic weapons Mm. are basically firing their guns on these two who are hiding behind this desk when they realize the desk has like a sort of, I, I think the literal term on the thing, it says purge, but it's like a, it's like a release button. It's your, it's your typical, like we're oh, in a big God. facility, yeah, release okay. everything button, right? And this is one of the truly great horror moments, I reckon, of all time. This is like Jason appearing at the end of Friday the 13th and dragging the final survivor back into the water. Yes. This is the elevator i mean it's another elevator one but this is the elevator opening up to you know a, wa- a tidal wave of blood in the shining you know this, this is, is dead girl's head in thing yeah this is dead girl's head in hereditary right mm. like this is this is Joanna balloon in like the original 1990s it fucking okay let's go iconic iconic status let's get it so they press this button an alarm sounds and we cut to the swat team who are like hang on wait a minute what's this alarm sound and then we see a full screen shot. We see both sides of the elevators. We see the SWAT team being like, what the fuck? And all of a sudden there's a ding. Every elevator opens and out of them, hundreds of like scary movie archetypes emerge and just destroy them all within seconds. Like bat things are like tearing brains out. Ghosts are like sapping souls from people. Werewolves are tearing at people. It's so Sick. fucking cool, right? That like it's so really, really unbelievably cool. cool. Like it's utter chaos. And not only do they do they destroy this SWAT team, they're then let loose in the entire facility. Hadley is killed. So so remember the two characters. Mm. So there's Hadley and Citizen. Citizen Hadley yeah. and Citizen are trying to solve this. Hadley is killed by this merman who, when he eats your blood, ejects like blood out of his like spout which is really cool 
that's awesome. But guys, yes. While Dana accidentally stabs Citizen, who bleeds to death, but before he does, he's like, you have to kill him before the sun comes up. Anyway, Dana and Marty are able to flee this scary facility by, like, you know, one of the monsters creates a hole in the wall. So they make it through the wall. They head downstairs where they discover an ancient temple where they are confronted by the director, who in the last five minutes of the film is played by Sigourney fucking Weaver. Oh, that's so good. Right? Like, uh, out of nowhere, she just shows yes. up. She's like, hi, I'm Sigourney Weaver. And you're just like, yes, you are. Oh, in a power God. suit as well. Yes, yes, yes. And she explains that worldwide annual rituals of human sacrifice are held to appease the ancient ones, a group of cruel subterranean deities who ruled Earth before us. Each region has its own ritual, and they just need one to appease the ancient ones by the year's end. But they've everything's failed. And there's a really nice I mean, it's a little bit othering. Like I, I feel like culture still, and especially in 2010, mm. you know others japan to be like what a weird place right and okay. they 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 effectively do like a version of the ring but all the schoolgirls manage and the fact that it's even japanese schoolgirls is a bit iffy mm. but they managed to capture the ghost so it cuts to that so it's like literally the only ritual left is the american ritual and it's going to hell right so the director's like each region has its own ritual and the american ritual involves the sacrifice of five slasher film archetypes the whore the athlete the scholar the fool and the virgin the order of killings is arbitrary as long as the whore dies first and the virgin dies last or survives. The director urges Dana to kill Marty to complete the ritual because they have eight minutes left. Why can't the director do it? Because they can't interfere in the They ritual. can't interfere, yeah. right? Like what I think is so clever about this film and the meta-ness of it is <clears throat> the ritual is effectively for the amusement of these beings, they create a real horror film. So whatever the horror So the audience is the fucking ancient right? ones. Right. Oh, that's that's good meta, Shay. It's it's a good use of meta. Anyway, mm. so so the director's basically like everyone will die cruelly at the hands of the ancient ones if you don't kill Marty by the end of the you know, but like by the end of this night, which ends in like eight minutes. Like you've got mm. no time, you have to do this. And at this point, one of the werewolves breaks through and is about to attack Dana, but is saved by Marty. And Marty's kind of like, look, it, you know, like, if you want to kill me, whatever, like, I get it. One of the zombie hillbillies comes through and kills the director. So now we've just got Marty and Dana. Dana yeah, okay. And this is where it gets cool, right? Deciding that humanity is not worth saving at the price of human sacrifices Dana apologizes to Marty for almost killing him, and the two sit down and share one of Marty's joints while awaiting their fate. The temple floor collapses, and at the very end, we see a giant hand emerge from the ground below the cabin in the woods and lean over and smack the screen in the face. And that's the end of Cabin in the Woods. That's really fun and cool, Shag. I, I don't know what to say about that. That's just really impressive. And and. I can understand it having absolute fucking zero rewatch value. Like, mm. you, you get it? You're like, yep, yeah, cool, got it. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, That's and I can, really clever. <laughs> yeah. And I can understand having zero commitment to any of those characters. But it's like, like okay, cool. Like, you did that. Congratulations. And it's funny. Um there's a degree where that's like a loving critique, right? That's like a friendly critique of what horror films do. But I imagine 
it does not leave you changed. It does not leave you jarred. It doesn't sort of shake you out of your torpor. It doesn't fuck around with your day. It's not feel bad club, I guess no. is what I'm coming to. No. But it's diverting and it's clever. And I suppose... Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?